0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5pm Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
1: Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers.
0: on a Wednesday following another turgid performance from Liverpool in the nil-nil draw with Chelsea, a game that ended nil-nil purely because Chelsea players don't know how to score goals. Not that Liverpool did anything to stop them other than one Alison Becker, who once again proved to be Liverpool's saviour and whose reward for that was to get his captain right in his face, bumping into him and acting like some big man. Now, I've seen split opinion on this, and I've seen some people say, oh, he's the captain, it's his job. His job is to hold others accountable, but in order to have any sort of footing to hold others accountable, he has to not be the worst player on the pitch, game after game after game. The reason great captains of the past, like Roy Keane, like Tony Adams, like Graeme Souness, were able to hold their teammates accountable is because every single week they were the best or one of the best players on the pitch. They were 8 out of 10 every single week at a minimum. Their commitment could not be questioned. They didn't spend 90 minutes playing in a Premier League game and not making a single tackle. They didn't spend an entire season averaging less than a tackle per game in central midfield, while also contributing nothing going forward. When you're the worst player in the team, you lose the right to chew others out because they can't look to you and say, okay, he's doing it, I need to do it. Captains are judged on how they perform in adversity when things aren't going well. It's really easy to lead, a, to lead a team and be the captain when everybody's playing well and the team is winning every week. That's easy. Real captains are judged on how they handle adversity. When things are going badly, how do you respond? Are you the first man to the line? Are you the one dragging others over that line? Are you the one setting the standards and raising the bar and dragging your team through the shifts? Because if you're not, then you can't say shit to anybody. And what we saw last night from Jordan Henderson was an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment, particularly because part of the reason that chance developed for Chelsea It's because he was out of position. Chelsea should have won the game last night. Kovacic missed missed a one-on-one. They missed some big chances in the first half. Kai Havertz had a goal disallowed. That if it was disallowed against us, I'd be quite upset about it. His arm is into his body. The ball ricochets off Alisson. And Jurgen comes out afterwards and says he saw... A super attitude, which is just over tripe. We got comprehensively outplayed. Their XG for the game was roughly seven times ours. Ours from open play was the Henderson shot that wasn't really a shot. He just kind of clipped it in the general direction of the goal and Koulibaly cleared it. The only reason it was a 0.14 chance is because the goalkeeper was out of position. And other than that, I suppose you had the Joe Gomez shot from 25 yards, and that was it. That was it from general play. Uh, The rest of our XG came from set pieces. We created nothing. We looked completely lost. Defensively, we were wide open. The midfield was a shambles. Curtis Jones was our best midfielder and he was no more than a 6 out of 10. Yet another game where Jürgen has gotten things badly wrong. Now Van Dijk was allegedly sick. Remains to be seen. Trent was dropped. Robertson was dropped. Harvey Elliott was left out of the squad entirely. Salah was dropped, and Cody Gakbo was dropped. And Cody Gakbo was one of the four players that Klopp claimed played well against City. Now, he was okay. He wasn't good. But then the bar was very low because Klopp also claimed that Fabinho and Henderson played well, and neither of them played well. Fab was okay. Okay. But he makes all them changes and he doesn't change the biggest issue in the team. He brings in Curtis Jones from the cold. Curtis has barely played all season. He's been fit for months. He hasn't been getting a look in. Didn't even make the bench against Man City. When we need a change late in the game, a bit of creativity, inventiveness, a change of shape, maybe. He brings on James Milner. What the fuck is that about? Why are you bringing on James Milner? What's he going to do? Couldn't have brought on Carvalho and gone four-two-three-one. Couldn't have brought on Artur just to give him some minutes. Was he going to be worse than Milner? It's highly unlikely. Arthur is probably not the answer to our problems. But there's a tiny chance that he might be. It's minuscule, but it's there. But James Milner is definitely not the answer to our problems. Like, do these lads have it in the contract that they have to be involved? Was that something you had to give them in their contracts? because there was a queue of other clubs lining up to get them I really don't think there was in fact I know there wasn't so why are they playing they've been dreadful all season why are they still in the team why are they still coming off the bench it's getting harder and harder to back Jürgen when he continues to give us no reason to do it. I said on Twitter last night, if Liverpool were in this exact position with a different manager, Klopp would be number one on the list of people you'd want to come in. Take a blowtorch to the whole thing and start fresh and build a brand new team. The problem is, It's very hard to see him doing it with this squad already in situ because he's too close to them. He's too loyal to players that have given him nothing to be loyal for. Not in the last couple of years. Four years ago, sure. Not last season, not the season before. Not this season, for certain. But there's a massive, massive overhaul needed this summer. Now, he deserves the right to try and fix the mess that he has made. But unless things change drastically, and unless he's willing to make the hard decisions we're going to get to a point next season where he's going to have to go. Because this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable for Liverpool with the calibre of players in the squad to be this bad, to look this clueless. He needs to make changes on the pitch, drastic ones. We need... 10 players this summer. We won't get them. That makes it a two-year rebuild, which means we can write off next season, but he has to show that he's moving in the right direction. It has to be almost a repeat of 16-17. And then hopefully in what will be the 24-25 season, we'll be ready to compete again, having lost three or four seasons in the primes of Salah, Virgil, Allison, Thiago and the problem with that is summer 2024, Thiago goes to add another player that we'd need summer 2025 well then you're probably going to have to replace Virgil you'll have to replace Salah this is a massive massive mess that Jürgen has made here by refusing to turn the squad over by refusing to follow the sound advice he was given by Michael Edwards and Ian Graham, by refusing to let players go when the time came to let them go. You look through that squad, there's half a dozen at least that should have gone two years ago and they're still here. Firmino is leaving two years after he should have left. Klopp wanted to keep him. Milner should have left three years ago. Klopp still wants to keep him. Matip should have been gone. Fabinho should have gone this past summer. Henderson should be gone. I think Andy Robertson should be moved on. No sign that any of them will go. Maybe Matip. But I think Gomez leaving is more likely. It's unacceptable that we continue to get these performances. If Chelsea were even average in front of goal, they scored two last night. Average, not good, average. That's a team averaging one goal a game in the Premier League. That is abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Luckily for us, their front two last night have scored seven goals this season in the league. Because if they had a natural goal scorer, a natural front man, we'd have been in major trouble. They got in behind us so often last night. Their midfield just ran through ours like they weren't even there. Kovacic playing on the left of their midfield had absolutely no worries about our right-sided midfielder tracking him because it didn't happen, not once. Kante ran past Fabinho at one point and was a good five, six yards past him before Fabinho managed to get turned around. Curtis at least stuck diligently to trying to control Enzo and kept Enzo to a fairly quiet game. Still got played but at least he put the effort in. I thought Gomez did okay defensively for the most part, got no support from in front of him other than when Jota would drop back to help. Matip looked all at sea. Ibu didn't look nearly as comfortable on the left. I thought Costas had a stinker. Henderson was garbage. Fabinho was poor. Jones was okay. Jota was garbage. Bobby had to do so much graft helping the midfield that he could barely impact the game. And Darwin was just left on an island. And our sole tactical plan seemed to be give it out to Darwin, give him a shit ball and let him chase it, or give him the ball on the halfway line and let him take them all on. <clears throat> Going down a wing against Reese James and Wes Fafana with Enzo Fernandez coming back to help as a real solid tactical plan the changes need to happen on the pitch but they also need to happen off the pitch jürgen needs to change up this coaching staff because it's come to its end he needs new people around him if he wants to keep one of the coaching staff <clears throat> fair enough grawitz has been with him 22 years but the others need to change because it's very clear they've run out of ideas. The message is not getting across. And right now Klopp looks like a bad manager. He looks clueless. He looks bemused on the sideline when things go against us. And we know that's not him. We know that he is one of the best managers in the world. But this is a shocker of a season. And when you look at the league table and you look at the teams that are above us, Aston Villa. Now, I know they've played a game more, but Aston Villa are ahead of us. They're average at best. Brighton are ahead of us. Now, they're a good team. But... Compare budgets. They shouldn't be ahead of us. United are ahead of us. They're average at best. Spurs are ahead of us. They're crap. They're seven points ahead of us. We do have a game in hand. But they're seven points ahead of us. United are seven points ahead with a game in hand to themselves. Newcastle are seven points ahead. They're average. And they've got a game in hand. We're 21 points behind City and 29 points behind Arsenal. 29 points behind Arsenal. Last season, we finished 23 points above Arsenal. The season before it was eight, but we had all the injuries. The season before that, it was 43 points. And the season before that, it was 28. 28, 43 injuries, and 23. And all of a sudden, we're staring up at them, 29 points behind them. It's completely unacceptable. And Trev made the point last night that I think one of the lads on UP had made that Liverpool are punch strong. That losing finals and finishing second has just knocked the wind out of them, knocked the life out of them, made them goofy. And that's fine. If that's the case, that's fine. But why did Jurgen Klopp let them up off the stool again for another round? Having lost the Champions League final a game they should have won, having lost the league title despite having the best team in the league, because of games they threw away, that was the time to make changes. The summer was the time to make changes. It was time to move players on because you could have fooled people into thinking that they were still capable. You could have gotten good fees for them. All the warning signs were there with Fabinho through March, April and May. All the warning signs were there with up through March, April and May. Those two would have brought decent fees in the summer. Henderson would have brought a fee in the summer. He was awful last season. He should have gone. Diogo Jota potentially could have gone. He's having an absolute shocker of a season. If he doesn't score against Arsenal, it will be a year since his last Premier League goal. He's a forward player. That's unacceptable. On the plus side, I actually think we'll beat Arsenal. I don't know why. I just think we'll beat Arsenal at home. You can check out... This is Anfield. You can check out liverpool.com. On anfieldindex.com, we have three new articles... Uh, we need to sell players like Costas and take money off others again. That is by Stephen Smith. David Davis has done a scouting report on Jesper Lindström, the Danish attacking midfielder slash forward for Eintracht Frankfurt. Really good player. I don't really know how he fits with us. Potentially, he's a Mason Mount excuse me, a Mason Mount alternative. I like him. I think he's a very good player. But I think we need different types. I'd rather spend that money on Romeo Lavia or Manuel Lugart or Manu Kone or Florentino Luis and get lads in with legs and the ability to tackle people. Ball winners, lads with a bit of bottle about them. Uh, would a year in the Europa League help the Reds? Is the third and final piece asked by Stephen Smith. It is an interesting one. Would we rather be in the Europa League or the Conference League, as it looks like we would be now? Or would we rather miss Europe altogether? Uh, I think I'd rather miss Europe altogether, to be honest. But look, Guy Drinkle and have a whole lot of fun presenting those Europa League shows. Uh, there is two podcasts up from last night. There is the Nina Kauser show with Dave Horrocks and Justin Wells joining Nina to talk about the game. And then there is a post-match role with myself, Mr. Downey and young, young, young Harry Setty. Uh, that's a bit of an in-joke. But uh, yeah, that's it from me, folks. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I am sorry. But I'll speak to you tomorrow and hopefully I'll be in a better mood. Bye-bye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.